Miguel, we're both going to IMAX. It seems like you're a futurist, uh, an event futurist as well. I see that you've written some articles about that. Would you identify as that? Yeah, I don't know if futurist is, is accurate. I'm always trying to get a get people to uh, look into their crystal ball and tell me what they see. But I like to try to not necessarily predict the future, but understand where I think things are heading and, and write about that. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. I think you've just proven to us uh, that you're you got some humility, which I think is so important. Um, but I want to invite you to be less humble because my first question for you, and as an intro question, is, yeah, what are you most proud of in your life as an event creator, as the editor-in-chief at Skift Meetings? Yeah, what, what are you most proud of? What have you done that you're really proud of in the events industry? I think I'm most proud of uh, moments that I've created uh, with intention uh, where I've designed uh, the interaction. I've been a, a planner. Uh, I've had lots of different roles within the industry, but it's, it's a lot of fun when you can kind of curate a room, when you can design an experience and push people out of their comfort zone. Um, and what that means can take lots of different formats, but push people out of their comfort zone and make them really connect with each other, learn from each other. And um, yeah, kind of and a lot of times in unexpected ways. I think that's that's the secret. I think I used to be more bold or I've seen some experiences or experiments where people get really pushed out of their comfort zone. And that can also be a bit negative. So I'm a little bit, I try to have a balanced approach where you try to um, give people enough so that they feel safe and they feel uh, welcome, but then push them to put them out of their comfort zone. And, and a lot of times what I'm talking about is experiences where there's kind of peer to peer learning experiences where there aren't necessarily standardized things on stage happening, keynotes, dark rooms, that kind of thing, more of a build your own experience as you go. And I've been able to do that a few times in my career, normally in smaller groups. Uh, but I think there's a lot of magic in those experiences and they're really memorable, which I think is important as well. Wow, wow, wow. So many things to emphasize there. Wow. I love that you're talking about the comfort zone for one thing. And this this phrase, pushing people out of their comfort zone, I wish we had, we do, we, we do have a better phrase. We can come up with one right now, but this, this, uh, the imagery of pushing people out of their comfort zone is is negative, right? We we want to invite people and use consent and um, and it is out of our comfort zones when we have really fulfilling, meaningful, memorable, and often the experiences where we learn something about ourselves or about our patterns, or we just have a new perspective, right? We have these perspectives, we have these like neural circuits. And if we're just always experience positivity, they won't change. And, and this is from a neuroscience podcast that I just listened to. So it's just, I'm so glad you're mentioning that. And when you were saying peer-to-peer um, -peer learning, when I'm leading a lot of sessions, I use the phrase collective intelligence. And I've just always been surprised by how intelligent people are if I just ask a few more questions. And I, I feel like that's, that's something I aspire to do when I'm meeting people at an event is just keeping that in the back of my mind, how, how hidden some people's intelligences are. And, you know, what I'm hearing with you is that you really like to, to unlock that and let people bring out their unique forms of intelligence, right? Um, 
can you give us a specific example where, yeah, maybe it was something edgier and you, yeah, can you give us an example of an event where you did that or sure. uh, one we're actually attended? running the same event now at IMX America. It's the um, Innovation Lab, the Skiff Meetings Innovation Lab. Um, we ran it last year for the first time. It was a bit of an experiment, as the sort of name implies, but it was run as uh, a chance to, first of all, network with different people uh, at a table. So we asked people to move around in sort of random ways and get them to interact with people they don't know yet. And then we got a little bit of a, we took a little bit of a temperature check in the room of what were the hot topics people were most concerned about. We did that in advance, but also in the room. And then we uh, just organized roundtables where um, people could come together and talk about specific topics. And we had a select group of, we called event scientists that worked as table facilitators. They were there not to dominate the conversation, but to make sure everybody was included and then to report out at the end. Uh, we couldn't do it for long periods of time. It was always tough to kind of stop conversations going on, but we had sort of 20 minute stints and you know the volume in the room was loud. Um, there was definitely most people really engaged and really got a lot, a lot out of it. And you know we had some people come to IMAX America just for that session and leave again. They didn't even stay for the trade show. So I think that was a that was a big compliment. They just they set up their tents at the innovation lab. <laughs> wow, that is uh, that is such a wonderful compliment, and I I love that you're you're leveraging facilitation and you're getting people to connect with new people. One thing I found when I was uh, in Cancun at uh, World Education Congress. Um, yeah, people really had their communities, right? And they, they kind of stuck with their groups. And I was this solo speaker wandering around trying to make friends. And it was easy for me. But um, yeah, breaking through those kind of safe, safe zones of the people we know at the event and kind of, you know, giving people new perspectives, uh, creating a space where people can connect with strangers and ask meaningful questions, right? I imagine at the roundtables, uh, the facilitators, you know, were inviting a certain type of discussion, giving people permission to just jump right into uh, to a discussion, right? Yeah. Love I that. That breaking the silos is really important because if you just do the traditional kind of alcohol or drink space networking, that just reinforces the silos. You know, some people are great networkers and connect between different silos, but most people tend to stick to the group that they're comfortable with. And so you get that sort of, you know, it's nice, it's fun. You catch up with your friends if you've been to that event multiple times, yeah. but you don't necessarily kind of create new synergies and figure out new things with other people around you. Totally, totally. One thing I noticed as well around midnight when I was at this other conference, just for context, Miguel, I used to run a, a sober party production company. I used to plan big sober dance party events. And uh, I, I really had this negativity toward alcohol. And now I'm much more ab about the positivity of human connection. And, and, you know, alcohol plays a role in that. But at midnight at this conference, people started to have so much more fun and it was so much easier to connect with everyone. <laughs> so there, there definitely was a, a positive element there. And I, I felt like I could approach anyone in the room. So 
but I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, uh, humans were the path of least resistance is, is in the genetic code as, as some evolutionary, uh, geneticists would say. And, and that path is, uh, being with, with our group of people that we know and feel safe with. But uh, Miguel, I want to ask you the three, uh, round table questions about joy now, the science of joy. Um, and I want to ask you, for event design, what is your best advice for incorporating joy, leveraging joy in designing events? I think it's interesting because obviously joy is something you're very focused on. Um, it's not something that I've thought about particularly in terms of a design element, um, but I can see how joy I don't know if this makes sense to you, but like as a facilitator of everything, or is it sort of makes things easier? You know, you design, you create an event design so that people connect or that so people learn or whatever. If joy can be part of that, I can definitely see how that sort of turbo boosts the experience. Yes. And so I've never consciously gone, okay, I want everybody to be joyful or this is a joyful moment. That's not No sadness allowed, Miguel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which which makes a lot of sense, but I, I just have to admit that joy has not been uh, necessarily a, a sort of emotional kind of target of an event, um, but I, I don't see what, any reason why it shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think this is, this is uh, normal, right? I, I think that uh, I used to ask the question, uh, human connection, right? And then I... I I love human connection and, and we can definitely discuss that and, and facilitation and roundtable discussions are great starting points for that. Um, and then I just kept researching joy and realizing that like joy is a turbo boost for creativity, for empathy, for, for, you know, mental health, for cortisol reduction. It's this, it's this thing that creates the fertile soil for so many other things that I care about as an event creator. And so that's what inspired me to start asking people that question specifically. So I, I'm wondering, have you been to an event or have you produced an event where, you know, they really got everyone into a state of, of unity or joy and, and they did it really well. Can you think of anything? I've definitely been in those states. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's about, you know, shared purpose yeah. and aligning kind of your objectives and bringing people together. Mm -hmm. I think it's rare for me to think of an event where during, you know, the, the sessions during the meet of the event that has happened. Yeah. But it's definitely a sort of, you know, that elation of, of, of at the end of the event, just feeling, okay, this is great. And I'm, and I've, I've met my group of people that I enjoy being with, and it's been a really joyful experience. Yeah. I can definitely see it sort of more in retrospect at, yeah. as a moment within a session. I think it's not that common for me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you're sharing this because <laughs> like I could, I could share the same thing, right? I'm the party scientist. So uh, I am extra critical of events. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I was just thinking about the Ted conference as you were sharing that. And, you know, like if you watch 
a TED talk, there are moments of joy. And is that joy shared among the audience? We're, we're not really sure. We don't, maybe we don't have the right ways to measure that. But uh, I really think that this, this, this technology, it's like this social technology, it's this mental health technology. And there's so many tools to design for joy, to, to facilitate social interaction, creativity, collaboration, to just create such a, a higher vibration at an event. And uh, I really want to see event designers think about it more strategically, right? Um, yep. I yeah. think that makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah. I So just as a sort of insight, I, I, I worked before I was editor-in-chief, I, I did some marketing and um, some marketing for event companies. And one company I was working for, had this idea of creating emotions. You know, it was an agency and they created emotions, which I think is a good analogy. It's a good kind of marketing tool. It doesn't always work that well, yeah. you know, because there's <laughs> there's only a certain number of emotions and you can design an event to create a certain emotion or to kind of, you know, focus in on a certain feeling. But I think there's also a sort of element of self-control. You know, everybody yeah. is gonna feel things in a slightly different way. And I, I think, the having the intention of creating joy of using joy as a as a tool to get people to where you'd like them to go i think makes sense but i don't know if you can always determine that there will be joy right i think it's just like creating the conditions for joy or, or kind of pointing people and welcoming people in that direction i think is, is a great not necessarily an objective but a great north star to kind of guide people to what the kind of larger objective could be. And don't get me wrong, the objective of the event can be to create joy. I just think in most B2B events, which is my oh, case, yeah. it's probably not the end goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're right on all accounts with that. Uh, yeah, what, what's coming up for me is just, we're, we're working with unique humans with unique emotional patterns and you can't guarantee a certain feeling for someone at an event for sure. Um, one thing that I've observed as a facilitator is, yeah, there's, there's certain like music as an example, like it it always surprises me how, unified in emotion the group can become with with like music and and certain types of activities i'll do with a group like it always surprises me how universal some of these these activities are and these tools um like uh i i once did an adult summer camp and i got a bunch of adults playing tag and it was just like everyone was laughing it was so bizarre. It was like, wow, this really works. <laughs> um, so let's talk, let's kind of zoom out from events to you and how you connect with people in your life. And I, I'm curious, you know, your best advice for bringing more joy into those connections, those social connections, mm -hmm. say you're at an event and you're networking, like how do you approach, you know, your human connections? Well, so it's interesting. I, I, I live in a remote part of Denmark. Uh, I've been here for three years now. And so 
on a social level, events and traveling to events are really is really important to me. Uh, kind of to connect with with sort of an international audience. Although I'm very conscious of the sustainable approach, I'd love to meet more people in the area and kind of have a more local, regional um, community. But it's it's a slow process living in a country where you don't speak the language that well. So I'm, I'm getting there. But you know, when I when we're talking about professional networking at events, um, I think there's two elements that are really important. One is kind of defining what it is you want to get out of it. Um, and I don't like to think of this too much as, you know, I have this very specific goal, I'm going to sell all this stuff, or I'm going to, you know, do this, but more of a, what brand kind of message, how do you want to be perceived by other people? I think that's super important because um, I always, I used to advise kind of younger um, industry people. And it's like, if you're looking for a job, if you ask somebody straight up, if they have a job for you, 99% of the time, the answer is going to be no. But if you ask them or if you explain to them what you like and the area that you'd like to develop your career in and what you're passionate about and just leave it more, hey, and I'm looking for work, that opens up a sort of brand image in their mind. And so it becomes this kind of like, oh, I know I met this person and they're really interested in this. And then if they hear of a, a role within their company or somewhere else that is a good fit, hopefully they'll connect the dots like their brain will sort of connect. And that makes a lot more sense and that gets a lot more results. They're not immediate results, but it gets a lot more positive results. So I always find that's really important. The other thing I'd say is, is doing homework. You know, showing up unprepared, not knowing what the event's about, who's going to be there, um, you know, looking people up on LinkedIn if you can. It, it may sound obvious, but the amount of people that actually go to the trouble of doing that is, is not that big, you know, percentage wise. And so I'm always very impressed when somebody shows up, when I meet somebody at an event and they're like, hey, I read the latest article that you published and this was really interesting to me. I'm like, whoa. You know, that's super impressive. That doesn't take a lot of work, right? That takes like three minutes of research and going, okay, this is what Miguel has been researching. If, if, if you're looking to work with me or to impress me in some way, that's going to do it. And so I think we just have to be conscious of that and, and do our homework when we go into these situations. Yeah. And, and how about you, let's say when you're not in that environment and you're just, you know, you're in your community in remote Denmark and you're connecting with people, uh, you know, how are you intentional in that process with, with the human connection? It's, I think it's about finding those common things. Um, I, I'm not a big kind of chit chatter. I'm not a big kind of how's the weather looking like kind of person. I'm very much about kind of finding interesting things that I find interesting to talk about. So you know, I, I think it's about going out on a limb a little bit and just exploring what it is that you're interested in and, and sharing that. And sometimes you fall on your face and it's like, okay, this person's yeah. really not into the same music <laughs> as I am, or they're not really listed, don't really understand what I'm saying. Um, but sometimes you just connect on some stuff, right? And um, and then you're like, oh, okay. Like I met this this one person recently who's really into board games and, and kind of large, complex, kind of multiplayer, multi-day board games. And I'm like, it's not something I've ever even thought about. Yeah. But I'm curious in the way of just understanding how it works and kind of, you yeah. know, so there's this element of curiosity and just, just honest, um, like being interested, I think helps. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's always surprising. Uh 
the experiences people have and the interests they have once we just use a little more curiosity, right? Um, so I have one final question for you and it's about, yeah, it's really about your personal happiness and how you cultivate that personal joy and how you're feeling. And I, I'm curious if you have any advice for all of us or tools that you use to cultivate, yeah, to cultivate your own personal joy, you know, not, not in an event, not in connection with others. Yeah. I have to admit that's something I'm, I'm working on. I would definitely wouldn't consider myself an expert. It's, yeah. um, you know, I think it's something that you, you try to improve on every day. I think nature is very important. Uh -huh. We have two young kids. Um, so just being with them and not just being with them, but being conscious about my time with them and not having something in my mind to do with work or anything like that. I think that's really important. And yeah. I think that's something that's been on my mind a lot. And, and making sure that I'm making myself available. I think I, I read something which was along the lines of um, the only people that will care that you needed to stay up late for work in 20 years are your kids. Like they're the only ones that are actually going to be affected by that. Work's always going to be there. And yeah, so yeah, more yeah. and more, I try to kind of put that into that long-term perspective and think, hey, this is actually more important than you know some deadline or some report that has to be done tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a last time when your children are playing games and unselfconscious uh, and not teenagers yet, right? <laughs> yeah, wow, I love that. I love that. Well, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. And uh, I hope everyone listening, uh, yeah, appreciates that joy is not yet the uh, strategic uh, objective here. But uh, with conversations like this, we are um, creating new social norms. And uh, eventually, Miguel, the, the happy pills, we won't even have to do anything for joy. We'll just give people happy. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dystopia is not yet arrived um is there anything else you'd like to share some final words to to conclude this episode no i think it's it's really nice to just have joy as a concept uh, and it's not something i've seen before and i think it's a worthwhile topic to have as a topic so congrats on that and hopefully these conversations will keep evolving and will uh, become more and more normal Awesome. Well, I'll see you at IMAX and cheers to joy. Here's the joy.